The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Uh, you did not participate in Senior Day. You care to tell the people why you didn't participate during Senior Day, Mr. Jerome? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I decided to, you know, say I talked to my family, talked with coaches um, way prior before the season ended. Uh, I decided to come back. Uh, just some things I can improve on. Uh, you know, just being a, a leader on this team once again, and uh, going through the SEC gauntlet, going through it, that, going through a whole season again, man. I'm, you know, so I'm loving. It. I can't wait for it. I guess so much to prove, and this team has so much to prove, and we're ready to rock and roll. So. Super important um, for guys like you. I know Matthew Butler's and Elante Taylor's, and they were seniors, uh, they are seniors, and they laid the foundation. Now you're going to be in a position to kind of bridge that gap from year one to year two. Uh, you talked about leadership. It's, it's something, uh, you know, being a leader in this football team, super, super important to you, something that you're looking forward to? Oh, most definitely. Uh, man, just being with those guys, like, that's, that's what it's all about, you know what I'm saying, just going through the hard workouts, you know what I'm saying, in the offseason, the winter, the summer, like, that's how you build bonds, and that's how you... You know what I'm saying? That's how you grow your team. You know, it's always an offseason. It's not, it's not when the season starts. So. For sure. Is there something that maybe you were not prepared for when Josh Heupel came in as far as offseason conditioning, maybe even in-season conditioning, that this year you're like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for when that comes up again, I'll be ready this time. <laughs> Anything stands out? <laughs> Definitely the amount of running. Uh, <laughs> getting ready for tempo. Now that I've had a season under my belt with the tempo, man, that's, it's, it's tough, for, especially for offensive linemen, you know. Uh, coming from a pro-style offense, like you know, huddle up and slow down, slow down pace, man. This tempo is crazy. So, go back and look at all these games that you played this year. You know, you played 12 games. What was the quickest, the quickest, you know, point of the game where a defensive lineman looked like they were super, super tired that you were going up against? Like, was it like first drive, second drive? What was the, the quickest that a defensive lineman kind of showed you that they were really, really tired from the tempo? Man, I'll say uh, Georgia this year, uh, that first drive, man, uh, you know, they got some big guys up front, some, man, some big athletic guys that, that can run well and stuff, man. Just seeing them guys tapping out, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's love, man. I love seeing that, man. Seeing when a, a guy coming against you is, man, tired, man. You, they're more tired than you, so it makes you want to play more. Absolutely. And it shows that, you know, all the work that you put in the offseason and during the season is paying off as well. Uh, the guy that you, that you protected this year, He's being talked about with some, you know, draft uh, boards and things like that. He has a decision to make. Um, have you had a chance to kind of nudge him, maybe pull on his leg a little bit, try to get him to stay? Um, if if so, you know, how has that been? Oh, most definitely, man. <laughs> uh, man, we love to have Hendon back. Uh, and Hendon knows that. Yeah. yeah Hendon knows. Um, he knows he has a bright future here, and just the. Stuff that he can do next year, man, it's, you know, sky's the limit, man. I, I, of course, man, everybody on the team been in his ear trying to come back, man. But at the end of the day, it's up to Hinton. And uh, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, he has us in his heart. So. Hey, when you when you play in a place like Tennessee, everyone's representing where they're from, whether you're from outside the state uh, or whether you're from inside the state. You uh, being a Memphis boy, you know, how was it representing with, with guys on your team from the same area uh, representing Memphis here in East Tennessee for Tennessee? Man, it's easy, man, especially with guys like Jeremy Banks, Lamar mm-hmm. Thomas, you know what I'm saying, guys like that, Jabari Small. Uh, it's easy, man. Uh, just show them, man, Memphis is going to stand out regardless wherever we go. So uh, 
it's easy doing that, especially with those guys on the team. There was a time a couple of years ago where Tennessee just wasn't in the city of Memphis recruiting, and that's all changed. Uh, you know, in a big, big way. You just mentioned some guys that are here right now making a huge impact, including yourself. Um, what is it about about Memphis that you know college coaches from all around the country seem to gravitate towards and want to pull players from that city? Man, I think the kids in Memphis just gravitate towards like towards that grit and grind type of theme that we have mm -hmm. in Memphis. You know, it's a blue blue collar city. You know, a hard working city that uh, you know saying up won't back down from nothing. You know what I'm saying? We ain't scared for nothing. So, uh, man, all our players are play like that. So that's what the coaches want to get. You sound like a Memphis Grizzly fan. <laughs> Most definitely. Come on now. <laughs> that, was for you. that was for you, Ben. Yes. That was for you, yes. man. That was for you. I, I knew that you would get a kick out of that one. I knew you would. Yes. Shout said, out to uh, Tony Allen, the grandfather. Hey, when he said grit and grind, I was like, oh, well, let me go ahead and, <laughs> let me go ahead and mention this Grizzlies right here because I know you would get a big kick out of that. But, uh, man, thank you, Jerome Carvin, for, you know, allowing us to be the platform last night on the locker room, um, allowing me to be able to sit down with him and talk to him and even ask, ask, ask him that question because, you know, I, I told him I was going to ask him, you know, uh, I was going to ask him. So uh, for allowing – us to to share you know his basically announcement it's not something that he was trying to you know, make a big deal about but it was something that wasn't talked about we didn't know the public didn't know so hey let's let's go ahead and let's let's put it out there right now so uh just thank you Jerome Carvin for allowing us to do that because uh that that sent, sent some shock waves through Vol Nation in a good way uh, last night. I saw where Austin Price had, had posted there on Vol Quest, and that's big. That's big time. You know, the, the most important thing, yes, you want to go out and recruit players from high school. You want to go grab kids from the transfer portal. But you want to recruit your own players first. That's the most important. Henry Hooker, Jerome Carvin, guys that could go, um, but, you know, he's electing to stay. That's, that's the most important thing. So uh, very, very, very excited about Jerome Carvin coming back and being a leader on this on, on this football team even more than he is right now because uh, we have seen his leadership. I've seen it in display. I don't need to hear him talk. I have seen his leadership be displayed, man. Jerome is about that. <laughs> he's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Jerome Carvin. He, he's become one of my favorites to watch this year. Uh, he's he's spoke with the media a ton this season, and, and he's just a, a really – great leader for this football team and I don't think that people really realize just how important he's been this year in, in the locker room and along the offensive line and I mean what he did when he was pinch hitting for Cooper earlier in the year was was really impressive played really well even out of position and and has played even better back in position at guard and Cole Cubitt goes through each Sunday and kind of gives his thoughts on each SEC team for the weekend. And one of the things that he said about Tennessee is love watching 75 play mm. has some nasty. And that, that is spot on. Jerome Carvin has some, some nasty from him. You, you can see what he learned from Trey Smith in Jerome Carvin. You, you see that when you watch Carvin play. So he, he's just a, a, a good guy impossible not to root for he, he's a Tennessee kid he, he's a good football player a, a nasty offensive lineman and it, it it's an underrated 
development for Tennessee that he's coming back, Swain. Um, mm-hmm. And Tennessee needs guys like that coming back to kind of con- continue what what they've got going on right now next season. I, I think it's very important that several super seniors take advantage of, of that free year of eligibility, and it looks like that is going to happen. So th- this is a very underrated development because I think Jerome Carvin has had one of the more underrated seasons on Tennessee's roster. He He's not been talked about enough, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. I agree with you, man. 100% agree with you. 865-255-03. Uh, let me get to this text box. Doubled Vol says, and looking at USC being an easier road to the playoffs, don't forget expansion teams. Expansion seems to be something that's going to happen, and, and that will make the path even easier. Yep, yep. Um, how about Jennings getting his second touchdown yesterday? His press conference afterwards was awesome. He was so happy. For sure, man. That dude loves football. He loves football. And there's no doubt about it. Um, GBL Vols 94 says, any reason of, on why Hooker looked off this past weekend? Had Pruitt JG vibes. Boys, I don't know about, I don't know about that. that. I mean, he he he, he didn't play his his cleanest football. Do y'all even I, did? I didn't. Do people even I didn't think like, he was bad. People read what they be saying before they sit, hit sand. Like GBO Vols ninety four. Did you do you really feel that way? JG Pruitt vibes really? Like <laughs> Hinden was just off, and still was good. Yes. <laughs> like JG when he's off, he is bad. I don't know how you even put those two in the same conversation. Um, he was he was off because the whole team was off. It was senior day, right? And here, here's the other thing. And when did when did the offense get going against Vanderbilt, Swain? It wasn't in the first quarter. That's for sure. Correct. And uh, senior days is part of it, but I, I don't think that that's really the reason with the offense. I think the reason the offense got off to a slow start is because uh, what players were out along the offensive line. Dude, I looked up and I was like, uh, why is Spragans not playing? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the The entire right side of the offensive line was out. And Spragans dealt with, with flu-like symptoms. All week long, and if if it were a bigger football game, he probably would have played. Uh, was out there for warmups. Was was dressed out. I saw him on the field after the game, and and he looked absolutely miserable. Uh, he he looked like he would rather be anywhere but there um, because he again he was battling flu like symptoms all week. So that's why Spragans did not play, and then Cade's ankle just was wasn't good enough to play. So. Um, your entire right side of the offensive line was was missing, and Tennessee was trying to mix and, and match Ollie Lane, and Jackson Lampley was thrown in there at one point. Uh, Dane Davis got the start. Jeremiah Crawford w- was in there at, at one point. So you were playing musical chairs <laughs> uh, to, to start the game in that first half, and uh, it, it hampered Tennessee in the running game. Um for for one reason or another, just something did not work out for Tennessee. Like on Tennessee's first drive, when uh, they couldn't convert on fourth and two, uh, 
Van, Vandy brought five to to the left side of Tennessee's O line, and there's three guys there to block five guys. I mean, you, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna win three on five. I mean, Jabari Small is not gonna be able to do anything when it's three on three on five. And and pre snap, it did look like Tennessee had the numbers, but I thought Vandy did a good job of uh, disguising the the safety blitz and the nickel blitz it looked like they were going to drop in coverage and then bam they 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 came in and and blitzed against the side that Tennessee ran to and and they were they were stuffed and I don't know maybe that is something Hendon needs to recognize pre-snap but they they couldn't run the ball or and and that that's what they tried to do on the first drive and and couldn't get it going because of the offensive line situation And, and then Tennessee's second drive they were they were moving the small had a Jabari small had a couple nice rushes Hendon Hooker hit Cedric Tillman for 14. And then you had the play where Javante Payton and Valus Jones weren't lined up on sides. And they were called for encroachment, which I didn't know the offense could be called for encroachment. But essentially, Javante Payton and Valus were completely lined up off sides. And that killed the drive. It was first and 15. Jabari Small rushed for three on first down and and the right side of the offensive line with Ollie Lane and Jeremiah Crawford in the game. It collapsed. Then on the next play, second and 12, Jabari Small rushes for a one-yard loss. And then that was the third and 13 where Hendon was nearly picked off over the middle of the field. Uh, And and then you had to punt, and Paxton Brooks punted it to the three-yard line. So I I, I think Tennessee's offensive line was – uh, the 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 reason why it was slow out of the gates just because of the injuries up front. Everybody was slow out the gates, man. I mean, offense was slow out the gates, defense slow. Not out the Theo gates. Jackson. I mean, Theo Theo jumped the ball, jumped the ball, had a pick, but I mean, the game was a senior day s type of game. Tennessee going into the Vanderbilt game scored 162 points in the first quarter, and Vanderbilt was outscored 127 to 29 in the first quarter. And that was not the case on Saturday. I think a big reason why is Senior Day. I've been talking about this for years, how Senior Day affects the play and how hard it is. I've been talking about it for years. Yes, so yes, we yes, saw, yes. Now, we Theo saw, was ready to go. I was happy about that one. Theo uh, always I'm, I'm ready gonna, to go. I know, but I'm going to toot my own horn here, Swain, because my bold prediction on Eric Kane and I's game day podcast that we do, my bold prediction was that Theo Jackson was going to have a pick six. And oh, that's good, it happened on, on the first – drive of the game and Jeremy Banks actually deserves a lot of credit for the pick six because it was his pressure off the edge on a blitz that that rushed Mike Wright and and forced him to throw off platform and was late getting the ball out to the receiver Theo didn't Theo's return was a better play than than the actual interception itself because Mike Wright was was late with the ball to the receiver and and was being pressure and and Jeremy Banks forced the bad throw so Jeremy Banks deserves a lot of credit on that play as well. Yeah, G- GBO Vols ninety four comes back and says, "Oh, he's saying that Vanderbilt just looked like they wanted it more." But thank you for clarifying. I love the show. Listen every day. No, now I'm with you. Now I'm with you because. I became combative on the locker room, Austin, because get them. Because I mentioned how we get didn't play em. well. Like, okay, yeah, we it was senior day, and yeah, we won the game. But at the at the same time, hail marys, you allow hail mary because you fell asleep. All these fourth down conversions that Vanderbilt was able to get. Like, I'm sorry, that was that was not that was not good. That was not pleasant football to watch to see a team. Two and nine, go down and draw the football 
like they're freaking Georgia and run the football on simple running plays on fourth down and one, telling you exactly where they're going and, and executing it, yo, that – I didn't care nothing about senior day when I saw that. That was atrocious. Yep, getting blown off the ball is a, is a no-go. That was atrocious. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all all Vandy was doing. They were blowing Tennessee off the ball in, yeah. in those particular situations. That's a, that is a no go. Now I'm happy for the win. I'm just you know I'm not thrilled about how we got the win, but I'm happy for the win. And I understand how Senior Day can affect your play. Still, if I'm in that meeting room, the coach is not gonna go, "Hey guys, it's okay. You're actually getting blown off the ball." And get on fourth down because it was senior day. Don't worry about it. We're not going to try to correct you. We're not going to say anything because it was just senior day. We'll just move on. That's not the way it works. You're going to get corrected. And that's why I'm bringing it up because it was terrible. That was the only let, thing that was bad. Yeah. Let, I want to ask you one more question about the Vandy game, then we'll get to the phones. And I'm, I'm going to ask you a Vandy-specific question. What What did you think of, of Mike Wright back there at quarterback? Uh, Young. Got some potential. If he That's what I saw. Unless he transfers somewhere else. That that is literally my thoughts. I I was kind of impressed given his circumstances, his youthfulness, and who he has uh, around around him. Like I I see a skill set there. I, I see an arm, and and I see his mobility, and he has some leadership qualities. Like I I see the potential there. I just don't know that he'll be able to maximize his potential at Vandy. Nah. What what do you think of uh, the the Vandy receivers, particularly uh, Chris Pierce Jr., the one with dreadlocks? Did did, did any of those guys, Will Shepard, nope. uh, the light skinned brother fourteen, any of those guys stand out to you? Nope. You you thought they were just taking advantage of uh, some poor play? Yep. De- defensively. Yep. Yep. What about Rocco Griffin? You like the name Rocco Griffin? That's a that's an awesome name. Hey Rocco! Hey Rocco! No no, he was looking like Adrian Peterson. Uh, you know, when Adrian was a freshman at OU, I I ain't like it. I ain't like him at all. I ain't like him at all, man. He's looking too good. He looked like a first round running back against us. That, and that's 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 my biggest problem with with that game is is how will, how we uh, contain him. Like man, this dude had a hundred yards. Like that's. Mm-hmm. I will add. I did think Tennessee maybe the first time all year actually contained the quarterback. Like I, I thought Beasley and Banks did a good job of, of spying Mike Wright. There there were a couple of times where he got flushed out of the pocket and he, he tried to take off scrambling and Beasley or Banks were, were there for the most part to, to kind of make him think twice about taking off and running and they threw it out of bounds. I don't even want to talk about this game. We supposed to. You supposed to contain a quarterback that plays for a two and nine team. <laughs> I know, but he like he legit can make plays with his legs. Do you, do you think the the same people who are making fun of Lincoln Riley for avoiding the SEC and and going to to USC are the same people that want to make sure that Vanderbilt's the last game of of Tennessee schedule? Probably, probably people people joking on Lincoln Riley like the jokes is on him. No fools, the joke is on you. Lincoln Riley, he's going to LA. And he's gonna he's gonna have a better, easier path to the college football playoff. The joke is on you. He's good. He made the best decision. That was a that was a power move Lincoln Riley made. That was a great move. Have you seen the reaction of Oklahoma fans? They are mad, Swain. Uh, I mean, they, I are, they are bitter. Well, and, and it's been the the fallout 
of Lincoln leaving. It, it seems like the consensus was 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 that Lincoln had reached his ceiling that Oklahoma. So some some Sooner fans like they liked Lincoln, but they kind of were okay. Maybe get some some fresh blood in here, see if we can't mix it up. But then okay. Lincoln Lincoln started taking Alex Grinch, the the DC to 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 USC, and there's some other staff members that are going to to usc recruits are decommitting and going to usc Mm -hmm. oklahoma fans are salty this morning Mm -hmm. they should be and and lincoln should should have done what he did so there's no jokes on lincoln riley for those who are trying to get your you know you think you think you got a good tweet you think you're being funny he he's winning (laughs) like he is winning here he he's avoiding the SEC, and he still will have a chance to send his team to the college football playoff more frequently at USC than he will at Oklahoma. He's winning. That was a great move by him. All right, let's go back to the phones. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Hours Networks Hotline. Ninety days, no payment for business, fiber, internet, and voice. Let's get to uh, Drval. Drval, good morning. Good morning, guys. I, see, I'm with you on that, Swain. Uh, he me he's like a calculated coward he's just going to do exactly what he did at oklahoma and he's be less pressure out there and like you said he's going to instead of playing alabama and lsu every year he gets to play washington and cal genius who cares if he's a coward he's working he's working smarter not harder that's why i said he's a calculated coward he knows what he's doing i respect it hey man if 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 we could go be in the Pac-12 or go be in the ACC and be in Dabo situation, like it would be great for us, and you know, be in Ohio State situation, we would have a you know ten and two record every year or nine and three record every year. Uh, so I don't blame any coach for saying no to the SEC. It ain't built for everybody. I get it. Yeah, as Bush Jones, uh, Swain, you've always talked about on the Senior Day how hard it is, how emotional. Uh, you are, and uh, Alante Taylor really caught my eye, man. He mm-hmm. got me in my field hugging his mama and crying. Do you think that's what, what was shown on the field? I mean, we just – our offense looked off. We played slow. I don't care if we beat them, but it, I, I don't know. I thought about how you always mention that on senior day. Yeah, it's it's why when Pruitt decided not to do it, like, I wasn't upset. Because from a football standpoint, X's and O's standpoint, I thought it was better. But you still want to remember your seniors and, and honor your seniors. And there's no way to really do it except for doing the way that it's always been done, like we saw on Saturday. It's just hard to flip the switch. Like, think about it, man. All week long, you're practicing on, you know, playing this football game where it's a barbaric sport. you got to be a freaking, you know, warrior. And then, like, you're sitting there crying before the game. Like, you're crying. Like, how are you supposed to flip the switch from crying to now wanting to destroy the guy in front of you and having that edge? It's hard. It's really hard, which is why we saw what we saw. And it's been like that for decades. It gets Kentucky and gets Vanderbilt. It's always been that way. You know, and moving on, the season – to me, I'm pretty happy with it. I think we let one or two get away, but it was nice to care again this year. I went mm-hmm. – you know, Saturday was my fourth game. That's the most I have been ever because it's just hard for me to get out there, man. And It's just nice to care again. I'm so thankful Jeremy Pruitt is not our 
coach and JG's gone. So freaking happy. I saw Just you. Uh, I know, like when they hit that uh, Hail Mary at the halftime, I got pissed and slammed my hat on the bleachers and. You gotta ask what? Why do you care? We're up because it's Vanderbilt, and it's just nice to be emotional about Tennessee football again. And you know how uh, emotional and close to the cliff I like to get. Yeah, yeah, one toe off, all times. <laughs> <laughs> if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready, Swain. That's right. You, you, hey, you ready to jump? And I will say, I didn't bet on this game. Uh, trying to do better about that. Uh, Tennessee didn't cover, but I was glad to see the Bengals did cover the 31-point spread. Y'all have a good day. Yeah, they did not cover, that's for sure. All right, uh, what did you going to say, Ben? Well, D. Arval got to take a photo with uh, Trey Smith. I saw that. So I was going to ask him about it, but since he wants to be a blankety-blankety-blank this morning, we'll move on to Jay. Yeah, man. <laughs> Trey Smith looked like he adopted D. Arval. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. how big Trey Smith is. <laughs> oh, look at look at look at Trey Smith. Man, he adopted a little white boy. <laughs> he got a little white son. Look at look at Trey Smith. <laughs> look at Trey Smith, man. Look at Trey Smith and his white son. <laughs> That's how big Trey Smith was, man. God, he's he's massive. And he looks like normal when you put him in the NFL compared to all the other offensive linemen, defensive linemen, like he looks normal there, but man, <laughs> he was so huge here. And that picture to Diarval made me think about, you know, how small Diarval looked compared to him. All right. Uh, well, Diarval is a itty bitty person like Stokes, so it makes sense. <laughs> Diarval ain't that short, man. Yeah, he is. He itty bitty. <laughs> We're size seven and a half. Butch got a bigger shoe than Diarval. Don't do Diarval that way. He ain't short as Stokes. So short, man. But Butch wears bigger shoes than Dr. Vall. Stokes is short. Stokes, if he rolled up to a fifth grade, you know, <laughs> pick up basketball game, they would put him at guard, not center. <laughs> That's how short Stokes is. <laughs> is Stokes your uh, your shortest friend, or or is that Brad Matthews? Uh, I think it's Stokes. I think it's Stokes. I think Stokes is my my shortest friend yeah, as well. Stokes is short. All my right. shortest male friend. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was. I think, thought you was referencing. All right, let's I'm go back. Just to making the sure. <laughs> we got Jay. It's Jay, good morning. Well, well, Trey Smith said he was the pappy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm the pappy. Huh? <laughs> 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 oh man. Guys, Lincoln Riley, uh, he got one. He really had to do some deep thinking about his brisket. <laughs> he knew he didn't belong in this conference. No, he can't. He can't. He can't be. He can't be coming to the SEC cooking that type of brisket. Mm-mm. Yeah, your brisket can't crumble, man, like bread. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Overcooked, dry. He can get. He can get away with that in Cali. They don't. They don't do brisket like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, he he can go cook that in Cali. They'll say that's good barbecue. <laughs> that's right. They do the they do the tri tip open fire barbecue out there, in in California. So he, he, you know, that might be he might be able to handle it out there. Well, you know, look, uh, Swain, you, you, I think you're right. I mean, he he is smart for making that move, and uh, I think he realizes where Oklahoma Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma has great tradition, and they got a lot of wins. They got a lot of conference championships, but you got to look at the context of it. They're, they have been in the league where there is only really one team, Texas. Half the time they don't have their their crap together, 
that can even challenge them. They they have been in a league where they play a bunch of teams that really, on a recruiting level and just overall level, have no chance of beating them. And now you're about to go in the league where there's eight or nine teams that could easily beat you mm-hmm. on, on on any given Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're you're just another team now, man. You know, and you all these twelve and one seasons winning the conference title every year, dude. That is. Those days are gone. They're gone. I'm not saying you can't be a good program, but, you, I mean, Oklahoma basically won the title, Big 12 title, almost every year. Mm. And, I mean, and, and Swain, this is what I said. This is why I said we need a 12-team playoff because of this, because Lincoln Riley knows that he can go to the Pac-12 and he's going to have a similar situation where you have a job like USC that outside of maybe Oregon is so far ahead of any other job in that conference that he's going to dominate. Yep. And it's also why I've said I hate the idea of automatically qualifying Power 5 champions because what what we have to go through in this conference and what the new Big 12 is going to look like, and what the Pac-12 is going to look like. It's just not the same, man. It's not the same. It's not. It's not. But, you know, it's perks of being in the SEC, and there's a downside mm-hmm. of being in the SEC. The competition is stiffer. you got to be a lot, lot better. Um, but there's also, you know, advantages as well. So, you know, you got to deal with it. And I think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley understood that he has a better chance to compete for a championship year in mm-hmm. year out at USC than than at Oklahoma in the SEC. Now, if Oklahoma does not go to the SEC, how much would that impact his decision? I don't really know. That's a question that maybe, you know, maybe we'll never know. Maybe he'll never admit that, but that's the first thing I thought about. And I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's uh... – that USC job is still held in such high reverence. And really, you know, outside of like uh, 2001 to 2005, where Pete Carroll just dominated, they haven't really been that good in a no, while, no. in a long while. It, um, but it's still, it's still, you know, Southern California, palm trees. And uh, so, you know, I understand it. What I think is going to be interesting, Swain, is who does LSU go get now? I mean, are we mm-hmm. seriously talking about Mark Stoops going to LSU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, so the, the 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 pickings are slim. I mean, there's all these jobs, and I don't know who's going to fill these jobs. Uh, big mm-hmm. big time names. I don't know who's going to fill all these jobs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you add another one to the list. Uh, you know, Duke is now Duke and Oklahoma is now to is is now added to those. Uh, list of coaching vacancies. So there's a lot of jobs that have to be filled, and they will be filled by coordinators, coordinators mm-hmm. and assistant coaches, because how how frequently do we see proven head coaches move like this? We don't. Dan Mullen, Never. Was, Dan Mullen was, was the last one, but this was like this was an earthquake-sized uh, move, and we just don't ever see it like that. So uh, I'm just glad to be sitting here as a Tennessee fan, and I have to really worry about that right now. Well, Swain, OU's two, OU's two last hires were coordinators at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but Swain, let me ask you this before I get off here. Two things. The running back from 
Georgia Tech. Is there any smoke to that? Is there any? Do you think there's any potential there of him transferring in? And David Cutcliffe being a uh, some kind of analyst at UT in some sort of fashion. You think there's any chance of that? You may have addressed this, but uh, and I'll hang up and and just listen to what you got to say. I have not heard anything about David Cutcliffe. You know, my first thought was him retiring and enjoying his grandkids and you know enjoying life. Um, I know he loves loves his area, loves Knoxville. I don't know if he wants to move back here or not. So I haven't heard anything about that. I think people just kind of created that because, you know, he was available and there's ties to Tennessee and, you know, look at what Alabama's doing with all these analysts. I mean, people just kind of credit that. I have not heard anything about that at all. As far as Gibbs is concerned, if he moves forward into the transfer portal, which, you know, could be as early as today, could be, you know, later in the week, it could be next week, who knows, but like, if he does enter the transfer portal, there's a thought that Tennessee would have a really good shot because he wanted to come to Tennessee coming out of high school. So that's 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 the smoke that I can that I can give you. Um, and I, I meant to say this earlier that, and I'm stating the obvious. That would be a heck of a pickup for Tennessee Dude. if if it were to happen to pair him with Jabari Small. Jabari Small had had a really nice season uh, another underrated season I'd, I'd put him in the Jerome Carvin category I there, there's this I, maybe dislike isn't the right word for it but but there's this feeling among some fans that Jabari Small should should not be playing I don't get it that that's yes there there's a there's a hive out there that doesn't believe Jabari Small is that good I don't get it that's a different conversation for for a, a different day but Jabari Small Jameer Gibbs uh, that that would be fun, but I, I wanted to point out, like last week, I, th- I think on Friday, uh, the the day after Thanksgiving show that we did, um, we talked about, hey, like there will be somebody that enters the transfer portal. There will be a running back that is going to to really gain some attention from several schools throughout the country, and Jameer Gibbs is that type of guy, and. Tennessee needs a third back, and, and I would rather go out and, and get the Jameer Gibbs than rely on Laneith Whitehead or Dylan Sampson, who is scheduled to sign with Tennessee, and Laneith Whitehead, obviously, a, a youngster. I, I'd rather go out and, and get Jameer Gibbs to pair with Jalen Wright and and Jabari Small than rely on Whitehead and Sampson. Dude, that's why I was sitting here looking at folks, like, fake freak out about, about uh, Ty and Evans. And oh my gosh, they just blindsided me. Oh my gosh, what's dude? We we got him, we we got him from JUCO. We can go to the portal and get some other guys. Like it's, it's not that big a deal to to me. And like boy, 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 there's some there's some folks covering this team that like admitted that this was you know they got blindsided. They didn't know and. Boy, I mean, it's just that's bad luck. I... Now give, now give people, now give some media guys grace. Like some of y'all, y'all understand how this stuff works. For weeks, there's a lot of people that knew that Tyron Evans was not taking care of business. That there's a possibility that he would either go to the NFL or just transfer altogether, and that he wasn't taking care of business, in the, you know, on on and off the football field, and his injury. 
know, kind of made things weird. But like his teammates was, they was, they was, they moved on. Like they, they ain't tripping about Tyon Evans. They don't, they don't care about Tyon Evans like they, that. They, they understand. Yeah, like they, like so, so some of some of our fans are, you know, oh the media didn't know. They a lot of a lot of us did know, a lot of us did know. But they don't have radio shows like this one. And so like. Y'all can't expect media people that don't have the ability to like throw hints verbally like like I like I can. Like y'all are expecting them to just come out there and say it in black and white, and they can't do that. No, they 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 will get burned and and they will never hear anything again if yeah. they just come out and and say yeah. say it how it is. Yeah, and, and Tyon can change his mind. So like there was. So for, for the advantage that we have is that, like, we can explain, like we did in great detail, that there was three options that he could go to the league, but I don't know how much tape he has to actually, you know, get himself drafted. And then there's the, op- the, the, the option of him leaving, going somewhere else. And I said that, hey, even if you go somewhere else, you still got to go to class. <laughs> still got to go to school. And that's that's – Something that Tyon is not necessarily, you know, excited about. You know, there's a reason why he's in JUCO in the first place. And if he comes back, th- there's an opportunity for him to capitalize off NIL money if he handles it the right way. Clearly, he has not handled any of it the right way, if you ask me. So, I'm, I'm not heartbroken. You know, I wish him, I wish him the best. You know, I hope he figures it out. But he's gonna look back in a couple of years and go, "Dang man, whew, damn, I should have handled that right. I should have handled that right." I mean, the dude put out this statement the day before the game. What teammate does that? And then, ha- and then couldn't even spell his own coach's name right. Anyways, I'm going back to the phones. Y'all gonna get me in trouble. Um, Volstorm. Volstorm. Good morning. The kid played in like a total of three games. I wasn't worried about it when he announced it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry at all. Good morning, my friend. It's good did, to see you on Saturday. Did, did you just mention the Oklahoma job and the Duke job in the same sentence? As far as another opening that has to be filled. Nobody cares about Duke football. David Cutcliffe does. Are you going to disrespect David, David Cutcliffe? David Cutcliffe ain't there no more. I know. I'm just saying. It's, an, it's just another opening. cares about it. It's another opening that has to be filled, and, and there's a lot more jobs than there are like candidates. That's all I was saying. Relax. Volstorm don't know how to listen, Swain. Relax. No, I just don't care. There's a difference. I will say one thing. God. Trooper Taylor's Why in so right rude? now. Really? Yeah, he's an interim. Trooper Taylor. Oh, wow, I didn't see that. Go get it, Troop. <laughs> Maybe job. you'll actually be a, a receivers <laughs> coach now. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You might have a good point there. I might have to holler at Troop if he gets that head coaching job. <laughs> he, gotta wear, he can't wear a backwards hat anymore if he's a head coach. I will come and wear the backwards hat for him. I, I think he should wear it as the head coach. No, nah, he can't do that. <clears throat> yeah, he can. What? When Swain's on the kickoff college show, you know, one week, then we'll know he's over on the Duke sideline with Trooper. <laughs> like, uh, like Bob Stoops. Chest bumping. <laughs> Chest bumping and hot sauce. Uh, Fox had to put out a statement that Bob Stoops will no longer be doing the, the big noon kickoff show this year due, due to other obligations. And then two days later, he's the interim coach at, at, at Oklahoma. So when, when the Vol Network puts out a statement that Swain will no longer be doing the Big Orange Countdown show. We know why. I have my whistle. I have my whistle 
Coach receives at Duke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, that kind of leads me into my point. With Oklahoma entering the SEC, does that make that job a little more toxic? Yep. More toxic than it was if they stayed in the Big 12. I mean, if you ask me, if I'm a coach, I'm yeah, the money's good, but oof. <laughs> oof. Oh, please, that, you'd sign I mean, up for that Dan Mullen – Oklahoma's success has been off of, you know, you had Duke's there for a long time and then Lincoln Riley taking over as coordinator. So it was kind of a perpetual system, but now it's just kind of cut off clean, especially with Riley going to USC and taking all the coaches with him, which you can call him a coward, but I think he's smart for doing it because now he's another Dabo swing. Bingo. Here's two things to mention, too, Ball Storm. Everyone saw how Ed Orgeron won a championship, and two years later, he's out. Dan Mullen yeah. took his team to the SC championship, and the next year, he's out. Like, some coaches are like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to deal with that. Well, especially, you know, because somebody knows how the conference will be aligned. You know, what if you're stuck in the same division as Alabama every year? Yeah. Yeah, we got to deal with A&M, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn. I mean, some coaches are like, hey, I would rather get to the playoff taking a different path. And you can't blame any coach for for, for taking that approach because we would do the same well, thing. Well, and isn't that going to be the name of the game with a 12-team playoff? Is you, in order to be considered a good coach, you have to make the playoffs. Get to the playoffs. And he'll be, he'll be recruiting the whole state of California the whole left coast will be at his disposal. The only competition he has is with Mario Cristobal. That's it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't get the Lincoln Riley jokes. I don't get them either, man. People. People think they're funny, and they're not funny. Like people think, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm about to get these Lincoln Riley jokes off because uh, I'm about to get some retweets and likes because I, I think it's funny. You're not funny. What? You're corny. You don't get the, it. The only reason I think it's funny is due to the fact that. They lose to their in-state hated rival, Oklahoma State, to not be able to go to the Big 12 championship. And then, like, within hours, he leaves the state with the entire coaching staff. <laughs> Oklahoma fans had a rough weekend. <laughs> they got to play again. They got to play again. Oh, man. The, who, I, I can tell you now. I don't know who Oklahoma has to play in the bowl game. I don't know what the line is going to be, but bet your mortgage on whatever team Oklahoma is playing in the bowl game because Oklahoma Definitely. is going to get absolutely beaten down. It, last year they took of took advantage of Florida in that same situation just without the coach being fired. Now it's going to happen to them this year. They're, they're going to get blown out. Eric Gray's going to be dropping punts left and right. <laughs> They'll be transferring back to Memphis. Dude. They got to play Oklahoma State again. Are they in the, the Big 12 championship game? Uh, yeah. No, they're playing Baylor. It's Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah, it's Baylor. Oklahoma State it's and Baylor. Baylor. So, Baylor got mm-hmm. the tiebreaker? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Did, did they end up getting – did did Baylor end up getting in because of the tiebreaker of when uh, yeah, yeah, uh, so. Dave, Dave Aranda kicked yep. that field goal? Yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm yep. sitting here looking, looking, <laughs> looking it up right now. I'm trying to. That's hilarious. <laughs> Guys, before I go, um, at what point before Christmas does uh, Vanderbilt turn in their SEC food stamps for cash? See you, bud! <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, that was 
That was a good one, Volstorm. It was good to see you on Saturday. Baylor Bears, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, so that is the Big 12 championship game, and that's a good thing that Oklahoma Oklahoma State don't play again because Oklahoma State would have loved to beat down their rival you know, one-handed. Oh, man, that would have been, that that been great. That beatdown would have been even worse than it was on Saturday. But we get Baylor. We get Oklahoma State, and I'm cool with that too. Uh, I am cool with that too. My Let's get to uh, Vol Nation on the Irish Networks hotline. Let's do it. Vol Nation, good morning. What's up, family? How y'all doing, man? What's up, what's up, what's up? Good morning. All right, man. Had me some good turkey and dressing, man, and I uh, had a great time. Uh, had kids running around the backyard playing uh, dodgeball and uh, had some friends and family up, man. So it's been a, been a good week last week, man. Hope you guys had a good time as well. I did, man. I don't even want to look at no turkey addressing right now, though. I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> did you fry it? Or did you put it in a bag? What did you do? Man? What, no, what's I, your, what's I, your I, weight? Come on, man. I smoked it. I smoked it. I put it oh, you smoke. smoked it? Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, it. Right. You yeah, got I that smoke. I made my own yeah, gotta Cajun do it, butter, man. injected it, and, and basted it with Cajun butter throughout the cook. Oh, it was, it was the best turkey ever. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. You got any of it left? It's all gone. I, I have a lot of it left. I um, It was a big old turkey, man. We I, I did a turkey pot pie yesterday for dinner. Uh, I think my kids took some turkey and ham stuff for, for lunch today. I'll Hope, take it if you don't want it anymore. Hopefully it's all gone, yeah, man. Ben said he's hungry. Yeah, oh. that's right. <laughs> my stomach's been growling all show. And then now, with 12 minutes left, you're telling me there's turkey in the fridge? Oh, he's been holding out on you, man. It's all you. I'm tired looking at it. Vol Nation would never do that to me. No, no, I got you covered, man. I got you covered. Man. Quiet, man. We'll, we'll go raid and refrigerate together. Hey, I already gave you a ham, uh, Ben. <laughs> you, you up. Well, I smoked the ham. You, you bought the ham, but I smoked the ham for you. So, Do y'all have some <laughs> ham left, Ben? Uh, Well, my parents sent my wife and I back with, with leftovers, and we, we have already devoured uh, that. Okay. So my parents may have some ham left over, but I do not have any ham left over, <laughs> which is – which is really sad. Gotcha. Hey, gotcha. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, normally my wife ends up making a turkey. Uh, and she did a small turkey because she was trying to use it for her uh, dressing. Mm-hmm. But the the man of the hour was Vol Patriot. Hey. Uh, he put it down. He he did his special turkey. And uh, it was the first time that we kind of gave up the responsibility of the turkey. <laughs> he did it. He did an excellent job, man. It was uh, smack your mama type good. It was it was really oh, good. So we, yeah. everybody enjoyed it, man. So hey. get him a. Uh, attaboy for uh, <laughs> for the yeah. turkey, you know. Yeah. Hey, um, I was looking, and I don't know if you guys talked about it or not, but I wanted to give an girl out to Kelly Harper. Uh, they are balling right now. I want to say they're undefeated, man. They're like they doing really yes. good. Uh, and then she went and picked up with the number eleven player Justine Passat recently. Mm-hmm. Signed her. Uh, was that signed her? Signed her, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that look, they're trying to get that program turned around, get it back to the way we're used to seeing it, honoring Pat, you know, always, and, uh, you know, seeing Candace Parker winning championships and doing big things. Uh, it's been a great, I think, season so far, and just great overall for uh, that class and those young ladies that uh, have gone on to either be coaches or be successful in the game or whatever they're doing. Uh, and so I'm just excited about what, with uh, the, the opportunities they're having and the things that they're doing in our community. So, mm-hmm. uh, looking at this football game, man, I don't know if you you know you guys watch the game. I don't just think everybody's giving enough attaboys to uh, Jeremy Banks. That man right there, uh, he has played his butt off this year. You know, 
and uh, he's been somewhat of a somewhat of a leader. You know what I'm saying? He gets a little bit off court every now and then, but I mean, he's out there balling. He gets locked in, and he's out there making plays. So, uh, 89 tackles, I think, nine tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. You know, I mean, he's killing it. So, I'm excited about where this program's going. You know, you're starting to look at the the potential or the possibilities of what's going on in the portal, and I guess. That's where my question lies. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Y'all just talked about the running back, Jameer Gibbs, and things of that nature. With, <clears throat> I don't know, but I guess if if uh, Henry Hooker comes back next year, of course, that would be, be beneficial for us. But my question, I guess, is you got this Dylan Gabriel at UCF that just went into the portal. And I know there was some static, you know, of course, when Coach left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from my understanding, he's a baller. If he wanted to come to Knoxville, do you think Coach Hype would let him do it? Would uh, that be beneficial for the program? How heck, would that look? Heck yeah, it'd be beneficial. I, you know, if 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 their relationship is is good, I mean, it would be beneficial, and he wouldn't be coming if he wasn't good. So, but he's a guy that knows this system. You know, knows Hype uh, probably more than any other player in this team. So yeah, I mean, I think it will be phenomenal if Hendon does decide to leave, and and Tennessee's able to go out and get a transfer quarterback. Uh, that would be that would be phenomenal. And listen, Tennessee is still recruiting quarterbacks right now as we speak. So I think the quarterback position for Tennessee is in is is good to go for the next couple of years. We'll just say that. Thank you for the phone call, Mr. Vaughn Nation. Tennessee jumped five spots and they are eleventh in the country undefeated, doing the thing. Good job, Kelly Harper. And the Lady Falls getting it done. Uh, GBO Rilla says, tell them, Vol Nation, let's go, Banks. Hashtag free the bull. I thought that late hit on the sideline was a late hit, but I don't have a problem with it. Nah. <laughs> and and I, I I agree with Vol Nation. Bank, Banks has had his, his moments where he has struggled this season. But I, I think he's really improved throughout the season. I thought he played well on, on Saturday uh, for, for sure. And yeah. he, he just continues to be an awesome story after having to get back on the team under Pruitt. And, and like, like Vaughn Nation said, I thought he said it perfectly. He still kind of has <laughs> some quirks to him. But, but a, a good leader for the most part. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does next year after uh, another offseason under his belt. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to add there. At least I don't really want to add anything. Uh, GBO Vols ninety four says coaching in the SEC takes an automatic five years minimum off your life. Oh, but living in California, I heard adds five years to your life. So let's get to Rusty and see if that's true. Rusty, good morning. Is it, is it true if you have to pay those taxes out there, Rusty? We're gonna find out. Oh, good lord! I'm not getting into it. <laughs> But the sun is shining. I know C Mac's taking five years off his life over the last week. He's like, for real, we've had good times. We've had good times. Man, this is this is some fun stuff going on. When, when the fact that Florida hired a good coach is like the seventeenth story on our minds, how good how good is it today? I don't know how good it is for you because this the, the school that's that's paying y'all's bills about to start taking some else in Lincoln Riley here soon. And and the school that you chose to go watch over Tennessee on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I, fun it's going to be for you. I don't know where you got that story because we didn't go. To, we didn't go to a ball game. I saw, I saw you tweeting 
sissy blue jerseys at me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for your that's for your mighty Chelsea FC. Oh, man. I'll fight you. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> hey, so one thing is for people out there complaining about media not knowing about the Evans thing. I mean, two Mondays ago. Somebody was asked directly who knows things. If Tyon would ever be in orange again, and that person said that they thought he would be in the NFL or be in the transfer portal. And that was somebody that works at, at one of the, you know, media places in, in Knoxville. So people knew, people knew that Tyon wasn't wasn't gonna be there. And some people might not have, but for the most part the the, the, the really good journalists knew. People 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 knew. People knew. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because a lot of people were caught off guard on Friday morning. And I was like, "Why are people so freaking out about this? It's been known." Yeah. The um, problem is they listen. They listen to the wrong people, or yeah. read the wrong people. But if you listen and read right. the wrong, the right people, then news wouldn't have caught you yeah. on guard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, did Bob know on Friday, or at, at minimum on this past Friday, that Lincoln? Lincoln wasn't going to be there on Sunday. I mean, it seems like that had to be the case, right? Oh, definitely. That that that, that this thing was that this thing's been done for a minute. That he that he was taking the job, and hey, who, can't blame him. You guys are dead on the money. Anybody saying that he's chicken or whatever just doesn't get it. Don't get it at all. Going going to a place where you have an easier path to a championship at a historic program. It, it's a no-brainer. Now, if Oklahoma was going to the Pac-12 instead of coming to the SEC, then might as well say in Oklahoma. But although Norman and LA is a little different, it, 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 there, there's a reason why it was hard for T to, to leave to leave LA. I mean, but there's there's not bad things out here. No, so, it's, it's, that's not NIL. Lincoln, Lincoln, gonna be better too yeah. because you got you got Hollywood <laughs> at your disposal yep. as well. So I mean, and there's players. Players, players everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. If you can just get, if you can just get them to to give up being Hollywood and just focus on being football players out here, man. They're, they're, SC will be. I don't know if it'll be during that that early two thousands run that Pete had going on out here, but it, they'll they'll be loaded with with, with Lincoln running stuff. Yeah, mid two thousands. Oh four. How funny is it that Shef? How funny is it that Shefter? Throws out that that Oklahoma is considering <laughs> going after Kingsbury. Well, no crap. Oh, man. We're you know, I thought we should. I thought we should consider going after Phil Jackson whenever we had the vacancy before Barnes. Oh man. Well, if if I'm Oklahoma, I'm like, man, shut up, shut up, because <laughs> we have to take a public no. That's an easy public no. For right. For, oh. Kingsbury. We have the number one. I have the number one seed in the NFC currently, but I'm going to leave to go take the Oklahoma job and recruit. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I got, I got, I got, I got young Tyler Murray <laughs> and the number one seed in the NFC, and let me go start recruiting again. Nah, I'm good. Did you see his house in Arizona during the NFL draft a couple years ago? Oh my God, <laughs> that that grassy area out there with the, with, the, with the stones and the grass and the stone and the grass and the fire pit. Oh man. And, and the big glass window. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, and and Phoenix does not suck. Exactly. Why would you want to go for those that haven't been there? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, 
last thing, this bowl picture. I'm, I know chalk probably happens on Saturday, but it will be great. If Houston beats Cincinnati, Iowa beats Michigan, Bama beats Georgia. Actually, I don't know that it matters with that game. I guess, yeah, I guess actually Georgia beating Bama knocks Bama out. So we know Georgia's in no matter what. So Georgia winning might as well happen. But if you can get Cincinnati getting knocked off, then Michigan getting knocked off, then one of the Baylor the, the, or Oklahoma State getting knocked off, then you have who does the committee get to pick? Then they have Georgia and a bunch of teams, a bunch of two lost teams. Yeah, I like. I don't, like I don't like where this is going either. No, I, I, lo- I would love chaos though. Now, this is going. I know we'll probably get chalk. This is headed. This is dead. headed to. This is headed for a Georgia championship. Oh, Saturday, well, I mean, Saturday was the best thing to ever happen to Georgia. I know Auburn ended up blowing that one to Alabama. But it, Ohio State and Alabama, in my opinion, are the two teams with the greatest chance at beating Georgia. And, and if we get chaos. Ohio State's gone, and well, Alabama was almost gone. Chaos, if we get chaos and Michigan loses and Cincinnati loses and Oklahoma State loses, Ohio State might still backdoor their way in with two losses as a non-division winner. No, it's going to be Notre Dame. And Bama might get in with two losses. It'll be Notre Dame. And Notre Dame gets in. You know what Notre Dame's going to do? They're going to beat any league against the SEC team. Of course. But the committee might say, we're just going to pick the best four teams now because we don't know who to pick. And they'll pick Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Georgia. And then you might get Ohio State still upset in Georgia. I just don't want Georgia to win a championship. Well, just go ahead and embrace it. That's my uh, that's what I'm it's saying. Happening. Oh, I always embrace chaos. Chaos is a ladder. I think Dr. Vol tweeted it earlier. Well, I was talking about uh, Georgia winning the championship. Yep. It's it's setting up for that, which is what it's I happening. don't like. I don't like it. All right, all right. We got to get out. Of, we got to get you out of here. Uh, Later, fellas. See you. Let's get to see Mac. Are y'all calling like different rooms in the house? Yes. Y'all are weird. Look. I, I, yes. Yes. You, Just answer the are question. You, are you in the yes. bathroom? Are you on the toilet? No, I got my headphones in. What no, do you mean? Sounds like you're on the toilet. Just, we just want to make sure. Y'all, y'all, are, y'all, y'all are just a mess this morning. We're not going to judge All you, y'all. I mean, you're, All you're, y'all. You're human. All right, little DR ball. Humans do that. You hear that awkward silence there, McKee? I let the awkward silence say it for me. Will you get All right, to, I'm just right, get to, to your point so we can time. get to Dave Tona? Uh, no. Okay, I'm really going to take my time then. Swain, there are 13 teams currently heading into next week with the following records. 12-0, and 11-1, and 10-2. and There are five 10-2 teams. There are six 11-1 teams. And there are two undefeated teams. If I'm not mistaken, I heard earlier uh, someone make the argument that uh, since a, a coach is going to an easier job, uh, quote-unquote, we should expand the playoffs. Why can't we just look at the numbers and look at these 13 teams and living proof as to why we should expand these playoffs outside of just four teams, you know? Um, I, I think, as Rusty just said, if we go, if yeah, it's a good chance that Chalk, you know, uh, makes run, runs the runs the week next week. But we could look at we could be looking at utter chaos 
have a couple of these outcomes turn out differently because you're going to have a mess of teams that are either 11 and 2 or you can have all hell break loose and have, you know, a 12 and 1 Georgia team, uh, a 12 and 1 Bama team and quite possibly a 12 and 1 Cincinnati team resetting the entire thing. So, uh, I think it was, I think it's beyond time after this year that we start lobbying to bring the BCS back. Boy, no. And I mean this only in wait, no. wait, let me finish. This sounds like I, a good conversation I, for you and Rusty to have in the room over. Pause, pause. Bring the BCS back to help these this committee choose additional teams for more than a four team playoff. BCS no. is it was a system that only picked two teams, C Mac. But but it's 2022 now. Maybe the BCS to learn since he's been out in the cold for so long. But that's the hey, BCS. BCS never treated us wrong. You can't talk, you BCS can't talk. never treated us wrong, Swain. We was undefeated. There was not, not a doubt that we should be playing that championship. Hey, babe, but guess what? There there were some proponents in the media that did not want us to be there. Am I right? We Tennessee, of course. I don't know. I was I was three. We're Tennessee, of course. If you take your young ass on somewhere, McKee. We Tennessee people hate on Tennessee. BCS, no. No, C-Mac, no. Yeah, you stay off we're, the – We're trying to expand the playoffs. I, I, ha- I have been off of it. I have been off of it. Man, okay. it's been a hell of a weekend, incredible season. What you I love now, y'all, then? boys. Shut up. Uh, except for McKee. Uh, DR, like Rusty better you know his number. His number, Jokey Jokes, baby. His number, Jokey Jokes. I'm getting right. you off. Let's, let's, right, let's, let's get out of here with Dave Tone. If you off of it, you need to get back on it because that ain't make no sense. Uh, Dayton, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning, King. I just wanted to say that uh, I have been a big fan of Jeremy Banks all year and the accomplishment that he made this year recording over 100 tackles on top of the tackles for loss and the sacks. He's the first linebacker or, or player in that matter since 2015, I think, that uh, recorded 100 tackles. I believe you are correct. He's he's had a lot of tackles. Also missed a couple that that would like to be cleaned up. But he he's had a, a, a solid to good year in general. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, I think he uh, made leaps and bounds in his his uh, yes. his, his game. He, in my opinion, this year I've got I've got one word for him. He's been a dog this year. And, he's and been a dog. Daytona. This has really been his. I, I kind of just. I have failed to remember it all year until now. This is really his first year playing linebacker full-time because last year was crouching in Henry. Yeah, 12, 12 tackles. Right. 12 tackles, Daytona, man. And thank you for bringing that to uh, everyone's attention, man. He has – he has – I mean, he's always been a dog. That's I mean, he's just been a dog that's been – Out of control. No, he's been a dog that's been productive in one position this year. That's the difference. But he's always been – he's always had that mentality. But he's been productive at linebacker. And there's some things he needs to clean up, you know, um, for sure. And he'll have to make sure to do it. That's our time for the show. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. We hope you have a great rest of the day. Live here from Betty Chevrolet. Over 150 vehicles to choose from in stock. Lifetime warranty on their pre-owned vehicles, most of them, and most of their new vehicles never pay over msrp for new vehicles at baby chevrolet they will trade for anything they will even buy your vehicle without you trading for anything that is baby chevrolet and baby chevrolet.com for ben mckee i'm jason swain hope you have a great rest of your day 
tomorrow, 7 a.m. Swain event. We'll be back. Peace and love.